but you've been recording this whole time, so when do you actually? Uh... We're gonna we're gonna start. We're gonna start. We're gonna do like a clean break and all. We're gonna do this. Yeah, so action, action, we got it. All right, and action. Welcome to the More Than DJ podcast. I'm DJ Karma. You know, I don't know how to introduce you. I don't even know how to do this interview because it's. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah, yeah. You you, you have this this backdrop, which I feel like my backdrop. I mean, it's you know, it it doesn't compare to Star Wars. What is not not every not everybody can be in the Millennium Falcon in space doing podcasts. That's right. That's that's the vibe. Everybody. That's the vibe I'm getting here. Then though we have DJ Amen. Um, what up? What up? Friend, mentor, uh, favorite, favorite asshole. You know, but I mean that yeah. in a good way. I mean, I mean that all in a good way. All that, all that, man. I'm sarcastic because uh, I care. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Get to the point. You know. So no, but um, welcome to the More Than DJ podcast. Yeah, thank you for I, having me. I mean, I'm excited only because I know we have so many conversations um just one-on-one but i think yeah a lot of check-ins and and that's kind of what this whole podcast is about is you know connecting with people that i admire people that i feel like have some amazing stories but also some amazing information that i think could help others who tune in um a big thing that i've always uh appreciated is mentors um and just getting gems getting information, guidance. Um, And so just wanted to ask you, you know, some of the, some of those things that you've come across your career, whether it was mentors, um, moments that you realized you needed to flip the switch and go to the next level, um, or even just some gems that, you know, you were given that you carry now and you're passing on to others. Um, So, and you, I mean, you've done a lot in your career. I mean, it's not even over, but the amount of stuff that you have done, um, I think a lot of people, you know, would love to have that on their resume. But uh, you, 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 you take it in a humble way that you wouldn't even realize that you're, you know, I remember this one thing you always said is just keep putting up points, you know, keep putting points up on the scoreboard. So, I mean, your scoreboard's looking great right now. I don't know what quarter it is, but it's looking great. You're up, um, but I know you're not done. So, you know, I just kind of want to, I know your story, but I would like to kind of, you know, for a little bit, just kind of take a step and you kind of tell them maybe a little bit about, you know, your beginnings and how DJ Amen came about. Um, was DJing something that you, you know, always wanted to do or was it something that uh, you, I, you were I blessed with? Older, I, had a, I have an older brother that's four years older than me. And he, I think when he broke into his teenage years, kind of figured out hip hop, you know what I mean? In the nineties, um, like, you know, like the little brother that's, you know, you look up to whatever's going on. So between him and I had a a couple cousins that were around his age, um, they were just super into the music and he was a really talented artist. He could really draw well. So he started getting into the graffiti and all that stuff. And that's what kind of got me into the hip hop stuff. And, you know, I'm so fortunate and lucky that I actually got into hip hop for the culture and not just like to be a DJ or something like that. Um, So I I, I fell in love with everything, the graffiti, the breakdancing, the music, um and i really was fortunate to 
get an education from the beginning, like straight Africa, Bambada, Grandmaster Flash. Right. Like I was really into that stuff as a kid. So you got like the organic, like that. that. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't when it was happening. This is like much later. Right, right. But, but you were able to be introduced into some of those, you know. Yeah, as, as a kid, I was introduced to like Run DMC and all that stuff. And that's what really got me into it because, um, you know, seeing Jam Master J and all that stuff, it's like, oh my God, that was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And that's how I fell in love with it. Um, and I, it, it just kind of kept going as, as I fell really deep into the rabbit hole, I started learning more about, you know, the different, you know, regions, what was happening in different regions and how, how it was developing across the country. And I got caught up all the way to the nineties, which was like the golden era of hip hop. So I was like falling in love to it, you know, when Wu-Tang was happening and all that stuff. So it, it was just the perfect time, place to really experience hip hop culture. And it was way different than it is now. Back then, you know, you were a part of a tribe, like not everybody was into it. And you could tell by the way someone walked or dressed that they were a part of it, kind of like, you know, I'm sure punk rock was. Right. And like, that's what really made hip hop amazing and awesome back in the day was that, you know, like you would see some kid across the room with maybe like a tribe called quest shirt on or something, you know, something like that. Yeah. And you'd be like, yeah, you'd be like, ah, oh, you know, he's one of us, right. you know, like, no, and, it, like and you were, and you were always looking for that. And you know, today Travis Scott uh, dropped his cheeseburger with McDonald's. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't like that back then. Like hip hop wasn't really like that. So um, yeah, no, it was, feel... it was a lot more niche and a lot harder to come by. Um, so it, it, it was really special and that's kind of what got me, you know, so passionate about it and into DJing um, was really just growing up around, so, you know, sibling cousins that were a little older. And uh, I think I was 14 Christmas. I asked my dad to, if I could, uh, you know, begged him if I could order a pair of turntables out of the back of the Source magazine. <laughs> but were these <laughs> like, like the, was like a turntable in a box or what was it like? Yeah, it, it was, it was like the beginning of that. It was definitely some like two belt drive Gemini's and a terrible yeah, mixer. Yeah. I had something know, it, like that myself. It was Newmark though. It, I had some Newmark. Yeah, it probably lasted for less than a year and then I realized what I really had to do. But you know, what was cool is that they supported me and, um, you know, you, I got to uh, realize in that year that I really wanted to do it. And my parents and family saw that I really wanted to do it. So then it made sense for me to spend money on the real shit. You, right. know you knew I mean? then you could invest, you know, right. you, you got a taste yeah. of it. You you see a lot of yeah. times, you know, you go on Craigslist, you see somebody <laughs> selling their turntables. They're like, yo, I got this. And I thought right. I wanted it, but I don't really have the time or I'm not as interested as yeah, I, you know, I thought the, I would be. DJing, DJing was a very popular hobby back then too. Everybody wanted to be a DJ, Every you right. know, all that. But um, for me, it was really about the culture. It was like, I was really passionate and I really was keeping up on what was going on. Like I was fully subscribed right. to the whole situation. I think that's what's missing now is um, that kind of your point, what you're saying, you like were engulfed in the culture. You were, you were actually there for the culture. That's why you wanted yeah. to it's, um, it, I, yeah, I don't know how kids do it now. I mean, I think video games still kind of has that, like the video, the gaming culture. Right. Um, 
and I'm sure that there's like, uh, you know, kids that play card games or whatever those things that that scenario is, is something they can really be a part of. Um, but yeah, as far as hip hop goes, it's not like that anymore. That it, that doesn't exist. And I'm sure there's other subcultures of music that have that, but hip hop is definitely not that anymore. And it, you know, it would, you know, if I was a kid nowadays, I don't know if I would really like subscribe like that, the, the way it was back then. So I'm really lucky and fortunate that, you know, I got into it at that time. No, that's good. I mean, I think that's, yeah. I think a lot of DJs, especially now, you know, it's more accessible to be a DJ because of the right. the entry to be a DJ is like you just can get like a little controller in for like maybe yeah, seventy so, bucks and you're right. in there. Yeah, hundred so, bucks you're in. You think you're you know got a Spotify playlist you're popping. Right, right. So I mean, yeah, yeah I, I think <laughs> I think you know being able to have that that um that start and it's almost like the perfect perfect timing having that perfect start. Timing. And then taking that that passion for the culture, and then it transitions, you know, as you go through your career. So I mean, after you found the passion, when did you really start doing like gigs? Uh, so I would say fourteen to sixteen, I was really messing around, like at you know at the house, you know, with the homies. Um, and then I ended up getting in a whole bunch of trouble and ended up getting. Uh, Put into a group home and i was gone for a couple years you and, in trouble <laughs> and so when i was gone i obviously couldn't have the dj equipment or do any of that so i, I basically when i was 18 i got out and i you know i i really decided that i was gonna go full blast on it and so i was already kind of seasoned because you know years had gone by and that's when i just started doing everything from house parties to um like community center parties to high school dances. Um, I don't even think I was, I mean, I was probably 18 when I started doing 21 and up clubs. I was already doing 18 and up parties. Um, I was DJing concerts. Like I went full blast and that's all the way. Yeah. And you know, I was really successful. I made a lot of money when I was young and um, it, it like it was, I was just really fortunate to be at all the right places at the right time. I got on the first hip hop radio station locally in the small town that I was from uh, when I was going to the JC. I was going to school to get, you know, broadcasting, you know, that that's where I was headed. And uh, they launched the radio station. I got a job mixing and then I never went back to school because that's what I was going for. And um, I started, I started doing, I started throwing the biggest concerts, started throwing the biggest clubs, like started doing all that and was on the radio locally, you know, before I was 21. So that's crazy. Like, was that something was, was concerts and, um, you know, putting on events and promotions? Was that something that you had thought of or was it something along the way you were like, oh, I can do this. You know, it makes sense. Yeah, to I do think, it. I think it was like, there was a void. So I, I wanted it to exist. So I was like, okay, if it, if it's, if it needs to exist this way, then I'm going to have to be the one to create it. And then, you know, I was just really good at marketing and really good at execution. And with that came a lot of money. So we were able to really start producing things the way that we thought they should be produced. And I had a really solid run in my early twenties. And that's what got me to, uh, I think noticed by, you know, KML in San Francisco 
which I had a, like a 15 year run there. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. Long, it, especially in radio. That's a long time. That is yeah, a long time, man. I, you know, I went from the small neighboring market to the big dogs, you know, big leagues. I think at the time it was probably market number four. Um, and really got to do some crazy stuff because I was, you know, right time, right place again. I was there for the resurgence of like, you know, Bay Area, like the hyphen, you know, everything that came after that. Um, and from there, you know, iHeart Media, which owns a lot of these stations, they launched a sister station in LA. And um, because we had built the Young California platform while I was at KMEL, uh, I had the opportunity to go there when it launched and I've been there for the last five years and now uh, I'm the music director so I've gotten quite a <laughs> quite a good run there so far in the last five years and just kind of working on you know what the next thing is. So it sounds like you you know you don't always see things in the yeah. future but you put the work in and then opportunities end up you know approaching yeah, you know people will people will always be like oh why does that guy get to do this job or whatever the case is and none of it's overnight man i mean we're talking 15 20 years of going hard in the paint every day you know what i mean and then you get to the point where people actually notice well yeah and, that's the thing you like know. you put in that work and you weren't thinking of oh when i do this i'll end up on the radio or i'll be in you know in the industry for 15 years you were just putting yeah. in the work and then it was being recognized and that that's really the crazy part is i um i never really i mean i, I think i wanted to be on the radio because they used to give you free vinyl back in the day if you were on the radio so i wanted to be on the radio in that like sense but people came to me for all the for all of the jobs like the opportunity came to me and i just said like hell yeah like you know what else am i going to do and then, and then when I and then when I got going, I would figure out, you know, like you said, like how to put up the points. Right. I mean, yeah, I think I think that's what happens a lot of times is, you know, I think with social media is people see the end result so much that when they yeah. start their journey, they it's not even really a journey. They just want to jump to that right. end point. Um and you know, then they end up finding out, or maybe they don't, that this end goal they saw, it was like 15 years, you know, yeah, man. before that and five years before that. So, you know, I think that's, I think that's something important um, that people yeah. don't do enough is, you know, find out what comes before. Um, and goal. I consider it all, I consider it all education, like levels of education. Like right now I'm getting my master's degree, but you know, before I was just in college, before I was just in high school, before I was in elementary school, it's just levels throughout the years. You know what I mean? And I just feel like, you know, I'm at that level where I'm going for the doctorate. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm maxing out on, you know, what I can actually, um, you know, qualify for. And that's, that's that's the way I've looked at it the whole time is it's just a it's a constant education just how people go you know off to school and to the next school and the next school I mean that's I've literally been going to class every day that's that's kind of how I've looked at it right I mean I think that's how you have to look at it I mean just being in that position I mean you yes you have a job but you're also like mm -hmm. an entrepreneur so it's like you have to yeah 
have this kind of dual mentality of how you're going to approach um, your goals and your career. You know, yeah. I mean, I think now it's probably a little difficult just kind of with COVID. You know that the gigs, that's kind of on hold. Yeah. Or you have to pivot and do things just, you know, different. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting time because uh, things were already getting tough before COVID. I mean, you know, 10 years ago, even five years ago, things were much different for a hip hop DJ. Like uh, we were kind of kind of in the last days of like how, you know, kind of what the nightclub was and all that. And then when the COVID thing happened, it just kind of like fast forwarded the, the shutdown. And um, I think that this has been a hard reset for everybody and things are definitely going to change and be different. I'm sure some clubs will reopen back up, but there'll probably be less of them and DJs will, you know, there's less jobs and they'll probably pay less money because, you know, they're going through it too. Um, so yeah, it's been an interesting time where you have to pivot. You have to figure out, okay, what else can I do? Realistically, if I'm going to keep doing this, how am I going to pay my bills? You know what I mean? Right. No, I think that's the thing that um, everybody, some people I think just naturally were able to do it. They just was like, yeah. okay, well, there's no more clubs. I'm going to go to Instagram live or go to Twitch. Um, and then you have some that I think are having probably a harder time figuring that out because, yeah. you know, maybe those platforms aren't, you know, maybe for not necessarily their skill set, but maybe it's just not for them. And so they're yeah. like, okay, well, what's next for a person who isn't going to be streaming live um, on a platform? How how can, mm. you know, a, how do you think a DJ like that uh, can look at the future? You know, what are some things you think that they can, like, pivot towards? Oh, for me, I always think, like, okay, as a DJ, you've been doing, you know, a lot of DJs have been doing their own marketing. They've been doing their own yeah, you can't design, you can't be a you, know, you can't be a DJ in 2020 and all you do is DJ. Like right. that that was out the door 10 years ago. Right. Um with with social media, you know. Uh I think that, you know, it's really just one the most important thing is finding out what you're actually passionate about. Like what's something that you're going to be driven to do every day. You know what I mean? That that's that's the first thing. And then, you know, the other thing is, is, yeah, like, what's your strong points? Like, what are you really good at? What do you bring to the table? Because anybody can play, you know, what is up, whatever's on rap caviar on Spotify. Like, mm -hmm. they don't need a DJ for that. They already no. have algorithms. <laughs> yeah. Right. They have real time data that says, you know, what should play next. Uh, so, you, you, yeah, you got to really find your strong point, whether it's marketing and promoting, um, whether it's producing um programming you know or you just get a real job and do it on the side and you know you do just because you love doing it on the side right but it's all about finding something you're passionate about and being happy while you're doing it no i think that's the most important thing yeah. i think you know people just figuring out what that pivot is going to be or having an opportunity to you know rebrand themselves in some way right um I see young California. I feel like there's been a resurgence <laughs> of it. I feel like. I'm yeah. Just, so what I, um, can we can Cal we get a backstory before you explain it? Can, can we get like a backstory of just what young California is and like why you started that and then talk about just kind of how where it is now um, 
and what you're and what you're doing with Young California? Yeah, so I think around 2010, uh, there was a lot going on in the Bay Area at the time. It was kind of there was a resurgence of like good, fun music locally that was making on the radio with uh, you know kids like the HBK Gang and all that. And then in LA, there was, you know, YG and Ty Dolla Sign and all those guys, you know, they were the new artists. And so there was this really cool energy in California of just fresh, new, fun music. And um, I was at KML breaking a lot of the records. And I realized that, you know, if I'm the young guy at KML finding these artists and helping develop and, you know, all that stuff that maybe there's somebody else in each city doing the same thing. And um, that was kind of where the idea for Young California came from. It was kind of, um, well, you know, you know, if those people do exist, strength in numbers, right? Like we could probably do some damage. So I got in the car uh, with uh, Sonny D, a mutual friend of ours. Yeah, he was actually doing a radio promo. So he was already going to all the radio stations in all the different cities. So I just got in the car with him and basically went to every city in California and, uh, you know, just went and met the DJs. And I started, you know, finding out who the young dude was that was playing the local guy's music in the middle of the night or whatever the case was. And we started just kind of building out this network and um and these were young DJs we're looking for not necessarily young artists yeah it was all DJs DJs. and and so uh I also had heard at the time that there was this girl in LA that was basically doing the same thing I was doing in San Francisco and uh had like a meeting set up and it was DJ Charisma she was at Power at uh, 106 at the time and we sat down and talked and we were just both underdogs and we were super excited and super passionate and I just kind of told her like hey you know like if you trust me like I'm I'm about to pull off some shit and she was like I'm with it you know what I mean like let's go and I got 40 DJs in California basically that were all young hungry underdogs and we just banded up and basically you know as soon as something was hot in San Francisco I would send it to those 39 other DJs and basically we were all on the same page at the same time. So we eliminated uh, the translation time. What usually took, you know, could be up to a year for something in LA to get to the Bay or whatever the case may be. It was happening immediately. And it was right. happening like, uh, you know, in the streets, at the clubs, on the radio, like it was all happening at the same time. Um, so with that, we kind of just built out this network, uh, you know, obviously had like a website and all the socials and all that stuff. And we started doing like exclusive meet and greets, listening parties. Um, we were doing all, like all the mixtapes. Uh, we started like world premiering a bunch of songs, like and big songs. Right. But, you know, we we're pretty much breaking all the West Coast music. And we, you know, we ran it for... I mean, really hard, like we're going super hard for at least like five or six years. And, you know, every nightclub you walked into, you heard Young California, you know, you turn on any radio station, you hear Young California. And we, we were just going crazy for a long time. And then it just got to the point where it was just too much. Like 
the thing was so big that it, it was like unmanageable. And there was so many people trying to like, you know, have like some type of, uh, their own kind of version of the thing. Like they would take it and then they, you know, and it just got so out of control that um, when Real 923 launched in Los Angeles, they basically said, we want Young California. Like we want that. So me and Dre Sinatra went over there during the launch and then Charisma left Power 106 shortly after. And we started Young California Radio there and kind of like slimmed it all down, took a step back. And basically said like, hey, let's just kind of like um, focus on, you know, the bigger things and really try and, you know, get situated. And that's when we started Young California Radio uh, in L.A. Uh, It was every Sunday night, seven to midnight and was basically going strong until the COVID. And we had like a 15 share in the market in L.A., which is insane on the radio. We were killing it, you know, biggest shit on the radio. Um, and then I did a deal with Sirius XM to launch the live from the West side show, which, um, that is still on every Saturday night and, um, kind of just been really trying to, uh, think of how we can move forward and it kind of be a little bit more concentrated and um, that's that's kind of like where we're at now. We've done so much. I mean, every West Coast artist since 2010. I mean, before we were doing it individually, but from 2000, I'd say 11, when we launched the Young California, the very first concert, um, that's kind of like where where we kind of put the birthday. Since then, I would say every West Coast artist we've kind of had a hand in helping develop or promote or you know in somehow or some way you know even if it's not directly working with the artist you know we've pretty much been there (laughs) you know what i mean like we've been kind of the backbone of the whole situation the common denominator that's Um, crazy yeah and it's definitely not as like in your face now as it was five years ago because it's like everywhere you went you couldn't get away from it Um, We definitely kind of scaled it back. Uh, But, you know, I always tell people that Young California never existed before. There was nothing like it. It wasn't like these DJ crews that, you know, have been around forever because we were really like the culture. Like we were really, when you thought about West Coast, um, like young West Coast hip hop, new artists um, and how to figure out what was happening like we were kind of the platform for that. And um, it really helped everybody involved, you know, at some point or another, but the people it helped out the most were the ones who put up the most points, right? We always kind of go back to that. It's like whoever put in the most time, energy, money, whatever the case is, got the bigger return, obviously. Um, But it's like anything in life. Uh, it, it It kind of had its time in the beginning with the begin like that generation but you know definitely looking into ways of how it evolves grows into the new decade you know and you know what we can actually do with the brand no i think that's i think that's that's a good approach i mean i just feel like yeah. this is the time right now for 
things to grow. There's so many opportunities right now. Yeah. Um, and people are just looking for new ways, even if they're being, you know, introduced to things that have been around. Um, yeah. I think people are welcoming being reintroduced um, to yeah. a, lot of, a lot of things. I've been lucky because I've I have a, a a pretty damn good idea about once a year and the oh, young you always, California, you always <laughs> the young got Cal- something, man. Yeah, the young California one was definitely one of the biggest. And that's what I wanted to ask you too. Is kind of like you know you've had different like brand partnerships throughout your career, whether it was for like clothing, um, like yeah. you just did the the deal with um, Sirius XM. How do you go? Are those like things that you think about, um, or? You know, how are you, how do you approach um, getting those, those deals in motion? I think in the beginning of your career, it's about proving that you can, mm-hmm. that you have good taste and good execution. Um, so, you know, you, you have to kind of create things. And then once you get to a certain point where you have a pretty good track record, um, you know, like the blessed clothing line collab, I had, I did, I did a couple collabs with a couple Bay Area companies that, have, that were really cool. Um, but the blessed one was definitely the biggest one. And, um, you know, I really wanted to make that kind of a case study for like what I could actually do in that space. And, you know, everybody from Diddy to Khaled, Future, 50 Cent, you know, everybody was wearing that shit. Right. And um, it was really successful. We made a, we made a good amount of money and, um, that that's kind of one of those things where you really have to show people what you can do um, so that, you know, when the next opportunity comes, you have it on the resume and um, I put together like a lot of cool collabs, like a lot of cool stuff in the past uh, that, you know, like I said, every year I feel like I have that, you know, it's, it's like, dang, it'd be really cool if I did this or if we did this or, you know, whatever it is. And then, you know, you just kind of got to really brainstorm it out, you know, it could take a couple months or whatever it is. And then you just got to execute, you know, at a, at, you know, top level, you got to really follow through. That's one of the biggest things that not even just to other DJs, but to anybody, I feel like the only reason I'm still around is because my follow through is pretty crazy. Like, it's <laughs> like, important. I mean, yeah, it's like just the Young California thing. You know, we're talking about going a decade on. And it's like, th- that's been really important for me is one, the passion and persistence. But the other thing is just following through. Um, like this year, you know, the obviously the good idea was the DJ Relief Fund. Right. And um, but you, you know, didn't have as a, much time to plan that. You didn't have that. No, I mean, this was no. definitely a state of emergency. Right. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, me and you even talked in the planning stages and I was like, okay, this is the idea. We would kind of ideate it. And then you get to a point where it's like, okay, now you have to follow through. Right. And that shit was not easy. Like I almost lost it a couple of times. I was, that was a crazy couple months. Um, a, a lot more work and effort that, you know, I thought it would be. Right. But it's really because, you know, we followed through that we were able to raise over one hundred thirty five thousand dollars. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have done a lot of little fundraising, you know, all that stuff. And I'm sure they've raised way more money than us. But, you know, if we didn't follow through with the idea that me and you were talking about before it was actually uh, actually a thing. Right. 
you know, because I called all the homies and was like, am I crazy? You know, is this? Or I don't even think you that... thought it was going to get as no, I, as it did. Yeah, I definitely didn't know we were going to be able to send money to over 250 DJs. Um, but yeah, but, you know, that's that's really one of those things where it's like, you know, it's following through. Right. If, even uh, we didn't talk about the Niner stuff. So I, 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 I start the Niners my sixth season this Sunday. How does that work? Like what's going on? <laughs> what's going I mean, on? There's not going to be, any, there's not going to be any fans in the stadium. I'll be DJing okay. at, at Levi's for the players to keep, make sure the energy. Cause they still right. need that. They still, yeah, they, they still need that. Right. Um, it's important. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where, you know, the Niners weren't doing too good out, out of six seasons. And, and there's, there's been plenty of seasons where I, you know, you could walk away from that scenario and be like, man, I don't know, you know, the seats in the stadium are a, a little, a little empty, you know, but, but that's really what it is about the follow through. And then, you know, fast forward to this year and like, I was literally DJing in Miami at the Super Bowl, and it's, and that's, that's the whole thing is like following through is super important. Um, I know in any job, but with, when you ask me like, Oh, you know, how'd you get to where you are today? You know, a lot of it is, is passion, persistence and following all the way through. Yeah, no, I think you have, I mean, all of those are important, but I think like you were saying, the follow through might be the most important just because that is how, if you're, if you're like an inch away, right? that's all you need is just follow through and stay consistent and you'll get to the end. Um, yeah, and, and 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 whatever it is you want to do, you could do it. You just got to keep doing it until someone pays you for it, right? Or until you know you got the hook. If it's something like, oh man, like for me, it's like I'm kind of like you know into the toy thing or whatever the case is. The toy, thing, and it's yeah. like <laughs> the collectibles, and that that's like another thing where it's like, well, you know, what if I made my own toys or like oh, I want to get these toys. Like, who's the plug? Like, who works there? You know what I mean? Like, you just got to follow through with all that stuff and, and really figure out what it is. And before you know it, you'll have free toys showing up at your doorstep. That's, <laughs> I got to, it has to be the, the young amen's dream. Yeah. Just have free toys. That's no, yeah, no invest. Well, you, your collection time over the years was put in to create yeah. this, 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 this yeah i got a, i got a pretty insane man cave that i'm really really proud of it makes me smile you should be um, proud of that I, I, yeah it, the thing and is like i don't even think a kid could appreciate that that's no, something that no, only no. you can appreciate big boy toys yeah those they, are big uh boys. and the fun one of the funny story is for anybody who listens to this is that on karma's birthday a couple oh, of years man. ago, <laughs> I changed he, my life. Actually, it was yeah, crazy. Man, he, he, he had me. He had me come up to uh, Seattle to DJ uh, his his party, and I think uh, did we take your car? Or we rented a car. Oh, he had your rental. Yeah, I rented a car. I hopped in. I, I didn't know what I was getting myself. Yeah, into. I got I got there early, and and, and <laughs> was it the day after the party or the day before? It the was party? the day after. So I, yeah. I think I might have been hungover. I might have been. But yeah. So I go, I go swoop this guy up and I say, "Come on, man, we're going on a mission." And that that day we must have went to like fifteen toy and comic book stores. In my <laughs> and own. He, he, yeah, he fell asleep halfway through. He was he was knocked out. On he spent his entire birthday. But what I'm gonna say is being a kid. Was, this was in my own backyard, and these were places I did not know existed. 
it was like yeah. a whole new world had opened up. Like yeah, I did man. not know the Funko Toys was in the back back backyard basically. Yeah, man. You know, and just seeing the culture is real. You know, yeah, man. And it's fun. It's that, that that what I love about it is that everybody's just so happy. It's like it's not like uh, the music industry where everybody's like a shark. It's 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 basically like everybody is living their best childhood. Now, I'm not going to say the location where we went, but you took me to this toy warehouse. And it wasn't in Washington, but it was crazy. When I saw oh, that, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> this, this is a whole, that was a whole new level of yeah, toys and just collectibles. Like, I yeah. mean, you almost, you can't be a collector and, and like not have a job. I don't see how. No, that. yeah, yeah. You gotta. It's it's not a game for sure. It's not a game. Because how do you go in there? It's the thing with me. I would go in there. I would want to buy something all the time. Like, yeah. I'm like, well, there's no way you walk in there and then want to walk out with nothing. Yeah. Well, once once you start to like get some knowledge of the scenario, <laughs> then you start to realize what's what, and you're looking for the gems. Um, and so ba basically, how all, all that came about was uh, as a kid my grandpa used to make these runs for work and on the highway we would always pass toys r us so i would go with my grandpa on these runs but i would make him take me to toys r us and he would he would basically buy me uh like one toy or whatever the case was right and so that started being a thing where it was like now when i i'm, I'm talking little like i'm like three years old or something like that you know like super little oh, he and was so, making deals back then he was like if i'm going yeah, so I, I, I need so a toy. I started, yeah so i basically started figuring out what it was and i you know all the aunts uncles mom dad everybody i started saying like yo i know there's a toys r us over here b <laughs> like what's up and so i i started figuring it out and so i really got into it as a kid and it, and it, it just made me happy so i got away from it from a for a long time like a really long time and just a couple of years ago, now, you know, now that you've had some success and you got a little bit more downtime, um, when I would go to all these different cities or countries to DJ, I would go a day early or leave a day late and I would just rent a car and I would just go to stores and look for stuff. And, you know, um, my brother collects stuff too, but he's more into like vintage and comic books. Right. And I'm, I'm more into like the design, like, you know, the the future the future of the shit the new shit the hot right. shit um and so yeah man i've been from from here to japan multiple times with suitcases and uh and i love it dude it's it's you know it's well, i think it's that's what i could appreciate as i was on this day-long journey with you <laughs> the passion and and you yeah, know man. it was just kind of like okay I'm not, I don't know too much about this, this world, but I'm right. seeing a lot of familiar things from my childhood, a lot of toys, and mm -hmm. it's like this nostalgia, but then I'm looking at toys that I didn't know even existed, and then right. I'm kind of, you know, you're giving me some of the, you know, the history on some of these toys, and I'm just yeah. like, yo, this is like a real, this is like a real thing. Like yeah, I'm so, looking so back at like, I should have kept some of my toys. The funny thing is, it's like at that same time of your birthday, I think every month I was doing San Francisco, LA, Seattle, Sacramento, and San Diego. I think I, every month I was doing all those cities. So I had a homie in each city 
that basically started collecting toys. Yeah, you because gave, you gave everybody a little bug. I yes. almost got it, but I was like, hold on, let me, let me chill out. See, yeah, I, there's, so there's a DJ in each one of those cities and a popping DJ, probably the most popping DJs. And they're all started collecting because I was going out there being like, bro, you ain't got this shit. It's like, man, let me give you this toy bug right here. Next thing you know, yeah. people, they, they invested in skateboards and all yeah, types all of types. just crazy stuff. What's the uh what's the what's the holy grail? What's the, what's the one that you're like that is eluding you? What have you not gotten your hand? Um the cause Star Wars figures. They came out a while ago and I just I wasn't into it when they came out. Uh -huh. Um there's a Darth Vader, a Boba Fett and a Stormtrooper and now they're going for 10 to 15,000 dollars each. Yeah, so I can I can't I can't bring it upon new. my No, these have been out for a while. I'm saying they're going for that like that's right not, now yeah yeah not open yeah <laughs> right now wow. if you go online they're be, probably between 10 and 15k each and i can't bring myself to uh drop that much on some plastic so yeah we're gonna, we're, we're gonna have to wait until i have a couple more successful runs i, th I think that's gonna be soon though i mean you like you said you have something every year so i, I yeah. mean I the year's not over yet you have one earlier you, i, I think yeah. you could have one see the first one that was the you know that was from the heart that was but yeah. this one i think you i think you got one more i think you got one yeah, more man. and we're gonna figure it out i've been i've been really you know kind of taking 2020 as more of a break uh i mean i've been working more than i ever have in my life but you know taking a break from getting on planes and traveling and trying to do the run the rat race of being you know the dj and all that stuff i've been trying to just really relax um kind of chill out i've been riding my bike a lot uh and just and just really kind of you know had a lot of time to think about a lot of stuff like right now i'm working on like some properties and stuff so okay like yeah so <laughs> amen the investor yeah it's, it's been um it's it's been a crazy year but i, I do think this is the hard reset and it, it gives everybody kind of you know you get to take a step back and really look at what's going on you know what I mean? And analyze your situation. And I think coming out of this, we're all going to be in a better place uh, mentally. And we're, and I mean, I know it's bad mentally right now, but right. I think when things come back, we're going to, we're going to appreciate things a lot more. Um, and we, we're going to do it. We're going to spend our time wisely. I mean, I hope so. I think, I think that's what we kind of yeah. need, man. It's just a hard reset. Um, yeah. So, I think that uh, once things kind of do start getting back to normal, um, mm -hmm. I hope that, you know, people are nicer. I hope that uh, yeah. that people take more time for themselves and rest. Because yeah. people were on a grind. We were on that, like you were saying, well, that a, a couple of years ago, I was just telling somebody the other day, I did 250 gigs in one year, a couple of years back. And my body hated me. Oh, I bet. I mean, like I, all, I was always going through it. and I don't drink or smoke or nothing. And it was like, my body was just like, bro, you need to relax. I, I was getting more massages, like, because my back was so messed up from the flights and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like, you feel like a professional wrestler at some point. <laughs> and I know that DJing, everyone thinks like, bro, you stand there for an hour and get paid. But man, like everything no, that goes, yeah. Everything that goes into like doing a, that, 
250 times in 365 days is crazy. Oh, trust me. I know. I'm already yeah. on. All right. Well, before we get out of here, um, can we get, let's get a couple of your like career highlights just involving, you know, maybe someone that you, you met that you, you know, like your idol or someone you looked up to or artist that you just, you know, you, you remember that moment. I mean, you meet so many um, people. I, I don't know how you're going to narrow this down, but yeah, just, I mean, give us some two. That some that come to the top of mind is uh, when I was younger, I went to this like DJ trade show in San Francisco and I actually met Jam Master J. And that was like, you know, before he passed and he like, you know, signed some stuff for me. And I actually went to his hotel room and hung out with him, uh, like me and some of the homies and got to chop it up with him. And, and that's like, you know, that was, that's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I got to uh, I got to meet Stan Lee before he passed away. That was kind of you know real quick, and he was really in his older years. Right, but, right. but still, that's but, Stan um, Lee. Yeah, still just to shake the man's hand, you know, and say thank you for all that. Um, uh, career highlights. Um, I mean, I've, I've met pretty much every rapper, and that right. so it's not really like a. I mean. I'm not trying to say that on some humble brag <laughs> shit, but I'm just saying it's a, it's, there's not really too many, you know, that like, I, I don't, I, I don't really look up to them because right. I'm not a rapper. Right. right <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So it's not, I'm not saying it like that, but uh, as far as like career highlights, I mean, God, I feel like everything I've done is just so like dope. Uh, if I, you know, if I was, if I was 14 years old and you were telling me this is all the stuff you're about to do, I wouldn't believe you. You know what I mean? So right. like, I mean, DJing the Super Bowl this year was definitely a career highlight. Um, I got to open up for Drake at Oracle Arena. Um, he did some two back-to-back -back shows and I got to DJ and that, that was insane. That was probably one of my, you know, one of my favorite moments. What kind um, of set do you bring out for that? I mean, it's super easy because it's at home. So it's right. like you just play all the Bay Area stuff and go crazy. Uh, but that that was definitely um, a big look and just an amazing scenario. Um, and I've done the summer jams. I've done a bunch of big shows. The, the Levi Stadium, always always big 60,000 doesn't get bigger than that you know what I mean unless you're doing the Olympics or a soccer game um, which is something you know about I don't know <laughs> hey you know soccer uh, is a worldwide sport uh, thousands <laughs> um I don't know man like the, like you know making clothes and you know cool people went wanting to wear them you know Khaled was rocking my stuff for like you know, as soon as I started giving it to him, he made me send him like new stuff all the time. Um, and it's just so cool to see, you know, people just really love a product that you made. Um, I don't know. What are, what's some other things? Uh, I mean, as a DJ, what are highlights for you? <laughs> highlights for me, oh, man, I got to the one that comes to mind always. And that just, it just happened last year was, uh, the American Ninja Warrior. Like DJ. Oh man. yeah, that's it was Mother's Day weekend dope. and my mom, yeah, you know, she she wasn't that excited when I started DJing. It was like I'm paying for right. you to go to college. Right, right, right. Are right. you gonna, you know, finish? And I'm like, Of course. You know, this isn't when I got the box set. So I remember getting the box set for Christmas, 
no. yeah. they supported it, but they were like, eh, you know. Yeah, they're so, kind of like, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, and so she had never really been to an event, and that was always something I wanted her to see, yeah. just like, you know, what I've done. So I would say the American Ninja Warrior and have my mom there and just kind of yeah. see like a studio production. And it's I, crazy. I had, I had the same scenario, except I didn't get to bring my mom, but g Easy had me do Jimmy Kimmel and Good Morning America with him. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. So when I went to New York to do Good Morning America, like my mom was really like, okay, like, <laughs> okay, I see you. Um, so that, that was definitely a career highlight as well, for yeah, sure. I think, yeah, I think shout out to G for that. Yeah. No, I think for me, it's all, and even like with Gavin, my son, Gavin, you, you know, Gavin, yeah, yeah, yeah. being able to bring him, you know, like behind me, like just moments, yeah, yeah. you know, being in a stadium and, you know, just whether he's going to remember that moment, just having those pictures, um, and just doing stuff like that where it's not even really about me, you know, I get the opportunity, but I'm able to share it with you know, family, yeah. loved ones, friends. So, you know, I think, I think those are really the highlights. No, for sure. That it's, it, I mean, we're so blessed. It's such a cool job. Um, it's, it's been, a, it's been a great run so far and um, it's, it's been really tough this year. I know for a lot of DJs because of not only just the financial circumstances, but you don't get to go do that thing that, you know, makes other people happy. Um, and that's why the DJ Relief Fund thing, you know, that's one of my highlights too, was just to really be able to use my relationships and platform to provide for my community. Um, and, you know, that there's nothing better than, um, you know, making people happy and helping people out. And that's really what DJing is. It's like, if, if the people aren't happy, you're not doing your job. Yeah, it's not even worth it. I think that's what I'd miss the most is just the experiences, but also, you know, the people seeing their reaction, you know, people coming out, especially if you're in a club, people coming out, they, you know, they work all week. They come out for that right. Friday, Saturday to get away or from, just celebrate a birthday. Yeah. A birthday. Anything. You never know. Yeah. So it's just, it's missing those moments. And, um, you know, it's trying to, you hope that things will come back close to normal. I um, mean, nothing's right. really different. Um, but it's finding ways to capture that that same feeling, but in just mm -hmm. in in different mediums, you know, in different ways. Yeah. So, well, man, yeah, DJ, man. amen. I appreciate you. Bang bang Niner gang. Come on, man. you already <laughs> I, know what it is. It's man. gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if Seattle makes it to the playoffs this year. It's going to. Be. <laughs> Why? Because we're in we're in the same division. Same yeah, conference, man, you know, like our our, la our last game will be playing you guys, and we'll see where both teams stand. What happened last year? I mean, we went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what happened a year before that? You can't it's win them all. Is my point. You know, you have. A, <laughs> with, well, we gonna try. We have some unfinished business, you know, this year. So we we got to get to it. I'm liking the way we're looking this year. Seahawks, Russell. <laughs> you know, we, we're looking good. Hey man, hey, you can't be mad at Russell. He's a good guy. Good guys no, he's win. He's a good guy, man. He's a good guy. Class act. There we go. That's what we need. That's what we need. You know. And DJ Amen again. Thank you for coming through to the More Than a DJ podcast. Yeah. Stay safe out there. We Trying. Will talk, we will talk soon. This my man.